Welcome to Faith Builders Broadcast. My name is Michelle Steele, and I am so thrilled that you have tuned in today to be a part of this teaching series on faith adjustments. We are learning how to make adjustments to our faith so that we can have a constant application of faith in our life, that we can be consistent in the things that we're believing for. We don't want to be in a place where we think we're in faith only to find out we've been using hope all the time. Hope is not a very good receiver, but faith is what God has chosen to give us as a tool to receive from him, to resist those things from which we are delivered and redeemed. We can become precise in our faith. We can become efficient in our faith and we can be skilled in our faith. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some honesty on our part and these faith adjustments. Our text is from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, that says, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Examine yourself. Don't examine your friend, your, your neighbor, your husband, your wife. You examine yourself to see if you are in faith. The Amplified Bible says, examine and test and evaluate your own selves to see whether you're holding to the faith and showing the proper fruits of it. Are you holding to your faith? Are you, that is the consistency that we're looking for. Are we being consistent or do we stand in faith one day and then go through a flow of doubt for two days? We don't want to do that. Standing, being consistent, holding to your faith. And then it says showing the proper fruits of it. When we have a consistency and a skill in our faith, we're going to see that faith work and we're going to see results from our faith. We're not looking at the natural necessarily for, for how it feels or what we see to prove that our faith is working. But when faith is working, it changes things. It causes the, the things to come into our life that God provided, and it causes for those things we are redeemed from that we can resist, that those things leave it and exit our life. So we want to examine our faith, and we've been looking at a few different things in this study already. I encourage you, go back and listen to the previous lessons because today we're on part four. We've already talked about some identifiers or indicators that show us where we are with our faith. If we need to go back to the word and strengthen ourselves in that word, if we're hearing the sound of faith and of confidence in our voice, if we are calling things that be not as though they were, if we have joy and peace. And so we've talked about casting our care. And we've talked about the flow and the protection that peace provides, but we want to take that next step and talk about the joy that is a companion to our faith. And our scripture for that is Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. It says, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Look at that phrase, joy and peace 
in believing. Believing in this verse is in present progressive. It means it is presently progressing and working and active for faith, for believing. There is an active force of believing taking place. When that is actively working, we will have joy and peace because they are symptoms. They are indicators. They are companions to our faith. They are all included in the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5. And the fruit or the forces of the Spirit, they work together. They don't work individually or solo. They work together. They bring a supply to produce in our life the plan of God for our lives. So again, we have talked a lot about peace. And I want to give place to the joy of the Lord because it is such a vital part of the believer's victory, the joy of the Lord. They are both companions to our faith, but they both have um, a spiritual supply. A lot of times people look at joy and peace and they think of feelings or emotions. They think joy and in their minds, they're thinking happiness, da, 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 happy, ha, ha, ha. But joy is a supernatural force that is produced in your spirit. Peace is a supernatural force that provides restoration. When peace is at work, your life is being restored. Your relationships are being restored. Your health is being restored. The, the peace of God works consistently in our lives every day. It's always at work to bring that fullness, to bring that wholeness, to bring that nothing missing, nothing broken. And that's the Hebrew definition for the word peace, shalom, the peace that comes from being made complete or whole. In the same way, the joy of the Lord is not something that, that originates in the feelings. Your emotions will experience the results of joy. And you'll have those feelings of joy, those feelings of happiness. But the joy of the Lord doesn't originate in your feelings. It is not something that is emotional in its essence. Your emotions will benefit from the force of joy, but joy is in your inner man, your born again spirit. And the joy of the Lord is a spiritual supply. When we talk about Jesus in Hebrews 1 verse 9, uh, being anointed with the oil of gladness, it's this joy, this anointing of joy, this anointing of gladness. When we talk about Jesus and his anointing, if you know what the word anointing means, uh, it means to smear all over. It means to be endued with. And so the anointing of gladness is to be endued with, empowered with, smeared all over with gladness. And so it says, um, let me read Hebrews 1, 9 for you. It says, you have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. So Jesus, the anointed one, is anointed with joy. 
He's anointed with gladness. The Amplified says, God has anointed you with the oil of exultant joy and gladness above and beyond your companions. God has anointed Jesus with the oil of joy. The Weist, Kenneth E. Weist Expanded Translation says, on this account, there has anointed you God, your God, with the oil of exultant joy. Exultant is like a, a very high, an exalting joy. So the highest level of joy is, is upon Jesus, our head, and we're the body. So the Bible in basic English says, you have been a lover of righteousness and a hater of evil. And so God, your God has put the oil of joy on your head. So God uses the oil as an, as an empowerment. He brings the joy of the Lord as a, a means to transmit to us his strength and his power. Also, anointing is, is used to break off bondages, to break off heavy weights. In Isaiah 10, verse 27, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off your shoulder and his yoke from off your neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And we just read from Hebrews 1, 9 that God anointed Jesus with the anointing of joy the oil of joy. And so this joy breaks things off. My friend, depression is real. Depression is something that people experience. It is a spiritual attack that comes upon them and it weighs them down. It comes on them with a heaviness. But the anointing of gladness, the anointing of joy this breaks that heaviness off of your life. So as a believer who is connected to the head, who has the fullness of this anointing of gladness, this oil of joy over their life, we are never victims to depression. If we will begin to access the joy of the Lord, we can break off the heaviest oppression that the enemy brings our way. We can defeat and demolish and, and resist out of our lives the heaviest depression and the most demonic pressure that comes against the mind simply by rejoicing simply by allowing that joy that is resident in our spirit to have its operation. The rejoicing, the prefix re means to do over again. If I need you to repaint something, if I need you to rewrite something, if I need you to redo it, it means to do it over again. It's been done once, but I need you to do it again. The word rejoice means do your joy again. Do it again. And it says rejoice in the Lord always. Do it again and again and again. Just wake up in the morning and just start your day with a rejoicing because that is how you provide that oil of joy that the enemy can't even get a yoke around your neck because the oil of joy has liberated you. Praise God. That's what we need to understand about this force of joy that's available to us. I think it's interesting in Nehemiah chapter eight, and it's usually the verse that we use when we're teaching about joy, 
But it's interesting to understand the context of where this verse, the joy of the Lord is your strength, comes from. They were in a position where they were trying to rebuild the uh, the the things of God in their life. They were rebuilding the wall. They were rebuilding the temple. They were in the place of trying to put worship back in place. They had a lot that needed to be done in their lives. And so when on this specific day, they began to read from the word of God and the people became sorrowful. They began to see, I mean, can you imagine how, how messed up their lives were and they see what God intended or what God had instructed and how far away they were from the plan of God and they become sorrowful. But Nehemiah and the other spiritual leaders, they stood up and they said, this is not a day for sorrow. This is not a day for you to be sad. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is a day that's holy unto the Lord and the appropriate response on this day is joy because, and then there's that scripture, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So he was telling them for everything that you need to do, you need strength. And so don't allow the sorrow. Sorrow pulls strength out of you. That depression pulls the strength out of a person. and But joy from the inside out liberates and strengthens and provides a supernatural supply, a force of strength that you can't get any other way. It is designed by God to be a benefit to you, to put you at the advantage because no matter what's going on around you, you can be strong because you can rejoice. No matter what you're dealing with in your life, no matter how hard, how difficult the situation is, you can find strength by rejoicing. And friend, if you've ever been through a difficult situation, and we all have, it's a lot easier to go through tests and trials when you're strong spiritually. It's very difficult, especially as a believer, to know all that God has promised, but then to walk through difficult things and, and it just be so taxing on you, so difficult to walk through. It's a lot easier if you're strong. So the strong spirit of a man bears him up in infirmities, in times of tests and trials. If you're strong spiritually, you can go through anything easier than if you're weakened spiritually and you have access to spiritual strength through joy. Now, Nehemiah 8.10 in the Bible in basic English says, let there be no grief in your heart for the joy of the Lord is your strong place. I like that. The joy of the Lord is your strong place. So in the middle of an attack, Enter into your strong place. Enter into your well-fortified place. Enter into the place that you are strengthened. And this joy, he says, the joy of the Lord is your strong place. So in a time that their initial response was grief, he says, don't enter into that grief. Don't allow that grief because it's just going to sap your strength and it's going to make it more difficult on you to walk through this and do what you need to do. So just go ahead and enter into your strong place and let this be a time of rejoicing. That's the proper response. 
When Psalm chapter 118 and verse 24 says it this way, this is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Every day that applies to you and me. This is the day that the Lord has made. What is my proper response? I will rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm 100 and verse four says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving in your heart, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. That's the proper response. Psalm 34 verses one through three says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Can you do that? The Bible says you can. If it's in the word, we can do it. No matter what, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. So when I'm glad, it causes other people to, to spark their joy. They will hear and be glad. And then it says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. This is the proper way to respond in any situation. You know, we're not responding with joy because we're glad about the difficulty or we're glad about the trial or we're glad about the test. We're glad about who God is in the middle of the difficulty. He's on my side. We're glad about his faithfulness in the middle of the test. We're turning our attention from the difficulty of the situation and keeping our mind stayed on the Lord, which connects us to some of the verses we heard in our last week's teaching about God keeping us in perfect peace if our mind is stayed on the Lord. One of the easiest ways to keep your mind stayed on the Lord is to praise Him, to worship Him, to rejoice in His presence. This is the way that we live. We, become, we develop a lifestyle of joy and become skilled in our rejoicing. Philippians in the New Testament Chapter four, verse four says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. This is the way that we respond. And then first Thessalonians, also a New Testament instruction for us. Chapter five, verses 16 through 18 begins with rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing in everything, not for everything, but in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, give thanks means I'm thanking God for his faithfulness. I'm thanking God for his promises. I'm thanking God. He is my ever-present help in the time of trouble. I'm thanking God no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper and every tongue that shall rise against me in judgment, I shall prove it to be wrong. I'm thanking God that he is with me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. When I'll go through the water, he's with me and I will not be flooded out. When I go through the fire, I shall not be burned because he's with me. I'm thanking God for who he is in my life, my refuge, my fortress, my God in him, I will trust. I'm not thanking for, oh, thank you, Lord, for putting me through this. He's not putting us through anything. He's helping us out of whatever the enemy may try to do, whatever the curse 
brings along our way. God's our redeemer. He's our deliverer. He's our help in time of trouble. Isaiah chapter 12. I love this verse in chapter 12, verses two through five. It says, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Don't you love that? That's a decision that we make. I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, this is a key for us as believers. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. This scripture is telling you that salvation is a full supply and it has to be drawn out. Salvation meaning rescue help, deliverance, whatever deliverance you may need, whatever help you may need, whatever rescue you may need, how do I draw it out into my situation? Well, not by begging and crying, not by gloom, despair, and agony on me. That's not going to bring the salvation and the help of God into my situation. But how do I draw out of this supply of help and rescue it says, with the container of joy. Joy is the spiritual container that goes into my help, goes into my covenant supply and draws out what I need for the situation that I'm facing. That's what the apostle Paul encountered when he's been beaten and thrown into the innermost dungeons. And Paul and Silas are in the middle of the night. They are they prayed and then they began to sing praises to God and their joy drew out the rescue that they needed until the chains were shaken off of them and the doors were unlocked. They were set free by the joy that was produced in their praising and their rejoicing. So it says joy becomes a container that draws the water out of the well of salvation Hallelujah. That's what we, we need to get our bucket <laughs> and we need to put our bucket in the well. So I, I remember hearing brother Hagen say, he said, I became more diligent about rejoicing during my difficult times. You know, a lot of people only rejoice when something good happens, but you're missing the whole, the whole purpose of the force of joy. It says in the book of James that when you fall into diverse temptations, the Berkeley translation says it's time for maximum joy. It's not half level joy. It's not three quarters joy. You crank that joy up as far as it will go. And it's time for maximum joy. We count it all joy. We, we consider this to be a time for all joy release. And so when you're in variegated difficulties, and that means multifaceted difficulties, difficulties on every side, this is my washing machine broke down. I've got my kids in trouble at school. I'm having uh, uh, this person on my job plucking my last nerve. When you've got everything in every direction coming against you and the pressure of it and the heaviness of it, stop and rejoice because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Examine yourself and see if you be in faith. The Bible instructs us in 2 Corinthians 13, 5 to make this faith examination. 
When we begin to walk by faith, there are some indicators that reveal whether our faith is accurately working or not. Because faith is a spiritual force, we need to identify when we are applying our faith accurately. The Bible gives us some specific things to look for and shows us some adjustments that we can make to be sure we are in faith. In this six-part teaching, Faith Adjustments, we discover the symptoms or indicators of faith and learn how to make the necessary adjustments so we can stay on track in our walk of faith. You'll learn how to identify faith when it is working, the two main symptoms that accompany faith, what is the energy supply to our faith, and much more. This insightful six-part series is available in digital or physical format starting at just $20. In addition, we're offering Philip Steele's book, Refusing the Care, for a special price of $15. The Lord spoke to Pastor Steele about the dangers of worry, telling him worry will prop the door open to the enemy to come into your life and bring all sorts of destruction. Refusing the care will give you courage to resist every form of worry and anxiety. The six-part series, Faith Adjustments, and the companion book, Refusing the Care, are working together to help you operate your faith more effectively. Call the number on your screen now or go to buildfaith.net to order. Call or go online now. I want to express my gratitude to all of those who partner with this ministry. Thank you for being a vital part of what the Lord is doing in this ministry. At Faith Builders International, we are entering our 25th year. We've been broadcasting this program since 2010, over 12 years. During that time, we've received multiple testimonies of people who have been changed by the Word of God through this program. Our partners will receive the same reward that we receive from the part they played in helping us preach the gospel. King David established a precedent in 1 Samuel 30, verse 24, when he said, As his part is that goes down to battle, so shall his part be that tarried by the stuff. They shall part alike. A group of his soldiers had stopped the pursuit and not joined in the battle. But because they stayed with the supplies, the rest of the soldiers were able to ride faster and catch the enemy. David said they receive an equal share of the reward. And that's true about you. You receive the same reward. I want to pray for you. Lord, I ask you to minister to my partners out of the abundant overflow of your goodness and your blessing. Lord, for every time that they have sacrificed, that they have lovingly sowed into this ministry, let this be something, Father, that causes a memorial to come up before you and let the abundant supply of their harvest meet every need in the name of Jesus. We welcome you to join us too and become a partner of Faith Builders. Together, we will continue to build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. Faith Builders International is a family church with a vision to build people's faith. Jesus told His disciples they would be witnesses of Him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. So we are building faith 
city, state, nation, and world. Our congregation in DeSoto, Kansas meets at 8390 Peoria. And in Little Rock, Arkansas, we meet at 10500 West Markham Street. We have ministry for the children and youth and special events focused on men's and women's ministry. We invite you to join us Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Sundays at 10 and 6. We look forward to meeting you. Visit buildfaith.net for more information.